0: Welcome to Offscreen. Let's get cinematic as ever on your couch during lockdown. Hello and welcome. This is your 7-day guide to everything movies. I'm Bex Perfect.
1: I'm Van Connor and well, should we uh, should we start with something that literally it, it takes place in the past, it takes place in the future, it takes place every which way. But Sunday, uh, this is I I've been I've heard about this coming for a little while. Have you heard about Synchronic,
0: Bex? I haven't. But what I have realized very quickly is you forgot to give everyone a boom.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Boom. There we are. It's tradition. We <laughs> got
0: in <laughs> oh. tradition
1: i'm sorry yeah um, so synchronic i've been hearing like i've been hearing about this through like low-key festivals and things for about a year now it seems and all i knew about it was you know time travel thriller stars jamie Dornan and anthony mackie and then the two guys who made it recently got hired by marvel to be part of the uh are they part of the uh, the ms marvel show that's being cooked up at Disney Plus so, you know, there's this pedigree there and I thought, okay, yeah, there's, there's some interesting thing here. So they are basically, they are two New Orleans paramedics in this sort of a kind of butterfly effect timeline hybrid. If you remember those movies, the so butterfly effect was the Ashton Kutcher one where he had yeah. And it turned out he could manipulate his way through the timeline, and then timeline itself was the adaptation of the horrific uh, adaptation of the uh, Michael Crichton novel, starring uh, Billy Connolly and Paul Walker and Gerard Butler. It was an absolute travesty. These two are New Orleans paramedics who see this influx of like uh, street drug victims. This new designer street drug called Synchronic. Uh, Anthony Mackie uh, tries to buy it all up off the streets, you know, to keep it away from the local kids. In the meanwhile while Jamie Gordon's uh, daughter, teenage, teenage daughter goes missing, and uh, Anthony Mackey discovers that he somehow is uniquely genetically qualified to use this drug as a sort of butterfly effect style time travel device so that he can search different periods in history for his, his best friend's missing daughter. Here's a, here's a general clip of the tone of how this is executed, by the way. But there's this few hours on a Sunday morning, after breakfast, the kids are there, we're having coffee together, listening to music, and I feel like, like I'm supposed to feel, you know? I haven't felt anything but whiskey and a hard
0: (laughs) a decade. You're a blessed man. All right, as your humble, hypocritical, idiot,
1: drunken, birthday-celebrating best friend, what's going on with all the painkillers? It's fine, man. I know. I know. Just promise me you won't become a junkie paramedic cliché. I promise I won't become a junky paramedic cliché.
0: From your description, and and also, I suppose, from the uh, from the clip, is my head going to hurt watching this?
1: <laughs> I, think, I think more than anything, your head's just going to feel relatively empty. It's a very slow bird, very... Uh... Kind of film. It's a very, you know, melancholic, very baseline version of this. Like the thing about like the butterfly effect was, y- you knew Ashton Kutcher's character cared about the things that were happening to him. These characters don't seem to. Mm, I and mean, yeah. J Brendan's every line of dialogue, man, is just delivered like this. You know? Oh
0: my God! Do you know what that? Do you know what that reminds me of? That kind of dialogue yeah. and what you've described as well. Ad Astra.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much like that. You know what I mean? Like that very sort of just semi-conscious, very baked aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just like, I want to get you really, really high and you tell me the plot of 2001. And that's how you get an Astra. Yeah, you know, because yeah, someone someone has to be basically ba- baked out of their mind to then somehow insert the gunfight into 2001 that then creates at Astra That's absolutely how it happens. Um, I'd say the same thing about Synchronic. This is like getting someone high and then I'm asking you to give you the plot of the Butterfly Effect, but they've accidentally mixed in elements of timeline at the same time. There's not an awful lot going for it. It's very forgettable. If you told me this was a sort of made for Netflix film, I would have thought it was a subpar one. I bring that up because they've both been in quite high Quite, you know, quite high-profile by accident streaming releases recently.
0: Poor old uh, Jamie Dornan isn't having much luck with keeping audiences, as uh, I suppose, as gripped to the stuff that he's he's doing at the moment. So there's that that um, Irish comedy with um, Emily Blunt. M- well. Emily
1: Blunt, yeah, that was uh, Wild Mountain Time a few <laughs> yeah. weeks ago. That was dreadful.
0: Yeah, bad choices, bad choices is what I'd say. But what are you gonna what 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 would you suggest in terms of how many thumbs are you gonna give this one?
1: i'm gonna give it a half of one i just didn't care about anything that was happening it was one of those things where it felt like uh, the the directorial team the uh, aaron moorhead and justin benson the guys who've gone marvel now just felt like they were kind of showcasing how well they can work the cinematography and how well they can stage a movie rather than how good a movie they can make
0: and like, can i just ask how long is the runtime on this
1: do you know off the top of my head? I honestly could. I think it's about an hour forty-four or something like that. But it so, feels like so one hundred and five minutes. <laughs> feels It feels it does feel like it's got that streaming platform bloat going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I'm it with you. Like I'm that, totally yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Well, that is from Synchronic to something that maybe I can give you a little bit more of an energy boost. Not much, but I'll give you a little bit more of an energy boost. um but
1: We should we should interject as well. So Synchronic that's available on digital platforms. That's you know Amazon, Apple, Google stores, things like your Sky Store, for yeah. instance. The Dig. Then this is Netflix, isn't
0: it? It is. This is Netflix. It's available from today. um it Stars Kerry Mulligan and Ray Fiennes, uh Lily Jane. James is also in it and also Johnny Flynn. Um, it is the story and it's based on a true story of the discovery of the Sutton Who treasure, which uh, was excavated um, outside uh, the field of um, a, a relatively wealthy woman uh, ca- called, I think her name is Edith Pretty. And this happened just in the verge of world war one in 1939. And, um, Ray his character Basil Brown—I struggle very hard to not call him Basil Brush—is um, um, he is uh, your excavator who comes in, develops a, a sort of friendship relationship with um, with Edith Pretty, and it ha- it basically discovers this amazing treasure. But as history has it, he was never acknowledged for it, and that's the truth of this story. We're standing in
1: someone's graveyard, I reckon. Viking. Oh, maybe older.
0: Apparently local girls used to lie down on them in the hope of falling pregnant.
1: (laughs) I've heard plenty of legends. Is that why you want to dig, Mrs. Pretty? Tales of buried treasure?
0: My interest in archaeology began like yours when I was scarcely old enough to hold a trowel. My childhood home was built on a Cistercian convent. I helped my father excavate the apse.
1: That speaks, doesn't it? The past. It's a hell of an accent job there from Ray Finds, I see.
0: One of the things that you will do when you finish watching this movie is you will Google the real story, because yeah. um, that's what this film has got going for is it. it so? It's that push to make you go, I never knew about this, and I want to find out a little bit more. So if you then Google mm. Basil Brown the casting for Ray Fines is incredible um so he just the, is and, it now yeah yeah i really i i i literally held up the photo of the real Basil Brown to to my husband and just said look at that and he was like oh my gosh that is amazing what the casting doesn't do that they cast Kerry Mulligan in this right and from what i understand she was a le- last minute casting i think nicole Kidman was supposed to step into um we talked about this last week was supposed to originally do it but for scheduling problems couldn't, couldn't commit to the role um we initially thought that there might be like a romance element between her and um, and basil brown that doesn't really we mm. don't really to, no, not overly. There's a maybe a small hint at the beginning. But when you look up the real Edith Pretty, she's at least 15 years older than what Kerry Mulligan is. And the root of the story for Edith Pretty in this is a little bit sort of, I suppose, on shaky ground of, of the realms of reality. But there's a couple of things I like, a couple of things I don't like about this, okay? First and foremost, yeah, I think right. it looks beautiful. And I think it is an educationally interesting film, I think people like Lily James and Johnny Flynn are in it just for the sake of it. There's not a real kind of... They just need more than a two-hander for this movie. That's, that's the basic of it. Um, yeah. But what I didn't like is that there are some very sloppy continuity errors, particularly at the beginning. The sky is cloudy one right. day. And they walk course, through the field and it's blue skies. Yeah, it just feels a little bit like that. But some of the shots cinematically are beautiful. I think for me, you know, the Sutton Hoo treasure, you might not know what that is, but if you studied history as a kid, you probably had a textbook with that big bronze warrior mask on the front. Um, that is that is something that a lot of people will remember. I certainly remember that from my GCSE days. And that is what the Sutton Hoo treasure was. It's one of the biggest archaeological defines in the UK ever and it was groundbreaking and essentially what happened was they had to protect that when world war I, world war 2 hit and you know and then we discover it years later as well but this is just as they're discovering it for the first time so that stuff i enjoyed in terms of it being a captivating movie that's going to do any sort of business at oscars or anything like that it's not at all uh, in my mind but worth a watch in terms of just general Interest and understanding into a quite a key part in our history.
1: I say, uh, just offhand for me, is it directed by any big names? This one, because I can't remember off, Ooh, offhand. Is good any good big question.
0: Uh, I don't think it is. But let me. Let I, me. I, I, Double is check. it? No.
1: I feel like this is this is going to come out like your, your Simon Michael Stone, no it's, directors. Your uh,
0: Simon, Simon Stone, Stone. Stone. No,
1: I'm big. No, I'm big. No,
0: okay. no, no, no. He did a film called The Daughter in 2015, <laughs> but that's about it.
1: Not off the top of my head then. Okay, fair enough. I'm looking forward to checking this out anyway. Don't it's I? worth a watch. So uh, how many thumbs off hand?
0: I'll give it one thumb. I enjoyed it. I just think there were too many things that were slightly not quite right about it and, and a bit messy.
1: Fair enough. So, okay, we're going to come back. We're going to come back with your, uh, your recommendations for movies to catch on Freeview. Welcome back to Offscreen and keeping you on the couch. Where else have you got to go, after all, for the foreseeable? We've got movies on freeview to recommend for the next seven days. Right, now, full disclosure in advance, because there's a few we're going to be covering uh, this week that I have to say I personally not a big fan of. I okay, just give you up front, say, not a big fan of. But do you know what? We support all arguments. Bex, you have picked these out this week. I'm, I'm going to hear you out, and so I'm going to lend my support in some way or other to your choices. So let's start then with uh, Saturday night. ITV two, eight pm. This is one I'm kind of surprised you picked. You've you've gone for Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald.
0: I'm interested. Like we have not had this conversation offline. That this is that you are not a fan of all these movies. When I look at picking these movies for freeview, right? Yeah. I look. I think about the whole family. <laughs> I don't just think about those that grew up in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> as much as I love it, <laughs> there is also the. The thinking that um, these movies are the best of the selection that you give me
1: <laughs> to oh, pick. Best <laughs> of a bad bunch, some days, isn't yeah. it? Really, I just want to. That's what I, I want to share the pain with you. That's what it is. Okay, so right. this was was this twenty eighteen? Yeah. yeah so
0: I, I remember going to the screening of this with you. Yeah, November twenty eighteen. This came out, and basically, it's the one with Johnny Depp. Uh, He's Gellert Grindelwald, who plans to raise an army of wizards to rule over non-magical beings. And so Newt, uh, played by Eddie Redmayne, um, uh, 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 seeks basically all of his help to to stop this from happening. I'm with you that this probably wasn't, in comparison to the first, as good. Hmm. But...
1: But it did have that really really cool, really marketable, big, you know, scary-ass chamber sequence. That is what we are fighting. That is the enemy. Their arrogance! Their power, lust. Their barbarity. How long will it take before they're turning their weapons on us? Do nothing when I speak of this. You must remain calm. ...and contain your emotions. There are auras here among us. So Johnny Depp there as Grindelwald... Uh, ...doing the big scary-ass chamber sequence... ...that you kind of have to have... ...in every Harry Potter... ...you know the one in the circular chamber... ...where I will tell you... ...the grand plot of my evil scheme... ...and this will be nicely, conveniently... ...timed and paced for the trailer. You know the bit. Yeah. Um, we are going to get Mads Mikkelsen doing it for the third one of these, aren't
0: we? Yeah, they are stepping into, for obvious reasons of, of, of legalities, he's stepping into the role of Grindelwald as well, which I think is great casting, you know, and and it all kicked off in the press, didn't it, only a couple of months ago. But I what... know, Johnny,
1: why won't you learn? You should just hate on trans people. You can get away with that, apparently. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. What I would say about this movie is it's the classic case of I really like two thirds of this movie. I think it's a visual feast because of its kind of magical elements to it. And then you kind of go, oh, the big crescendo at the end is a bit like, oh, it's a bit of a damp squib. But for me, it is like, it's it's a strong family movie. It did good business at the box office. It's got a great cast in it. And those who love the original Fantastic Beasts movie will obviously want to know what happens in the second time round. So if you didn't catch that at the cinemas uh, when it first came out, this is your opportunity to watch it. You're gonna have to try and find the biggest telly to watch it because of everything that's going on in the movies. But it's Mm -hmm. fun. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not. I'm with you, Van. Like not all of these are groundbreaking movies this week. But I can only go on what you send me.
1: Exactly. Speaking of then, so BBC Two for Sunday afternoon at 1pm. This is the definition of a Sunday afternoon film, isn't it? It's Steve McQueen in 1971's Le Mans. Now, go on. I'm curious why you picked this one, Miss Perfect.
0: So I did say to you, I said, look, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Le Mans, Hmm. but I think a lot of people might not have seen it. And this you you've you've absolutely hit the nail on the head it's a per. It, it's from what i understand a perfect sunday afternoon movie like you know i remember when actually the grand prix was on on sunday afternoons and people would just watch that so if you're not if you're missing all <laughs> of that was that
1: in the before times
0: <laughs> in the before the before world um <laughs> when that happened you know that's what people would do and i was like this is really great and you can't go wrong with steve mcqueen and it's it's not that often that we manage to find a good sort of throwback movie that a lot of people will kind of even either have seen when they were younger and haven't seen in 30 40 years or you know, or something that they've heard a lot about, like I have, and haven't had the chance to watch it. So that's why it's in the list this week.
1: I think for me as well. I mean, I'm going to be a third category here where I actually want to see it because I, I think I saw it a long, long time ago. It was on Channel Four late one night, like the early 2000s. I think I watched it, uh, but since then, obviously, I think I reviewed as well. You might have. Uh, Steve McQueen, The Man and Le Mans, about three or four years ago now, was a documentary about McQueen's obsession with making this movie. And I've not watched this since, so I actually would be intrigued to watch that, knowing oh. you know all that I know now about the blood, sweat, and tears that McQueen himself sort of you know shed for this. Uh, yeah. for this yeah. movie. So it'd be interesting to see that again. And like it's like we said, it, it is you know it's a, it's a perfect Sunday afternoon film.
0: But well, it, should, it should have everything to it because it should have, you know, it's got cars, it's got, you know, a huge icon of movies. And, you know, it's got a time that was a lot happier
1: for a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the weird part is, so you have picked uh, you know, Le Mans, which is from 1971. We've then got, for Monday night, okay, so on uh, Film 4, 9pm on Monday night, so we're sticking to the 70s. We're going with The Nice Guys, which is Shane Black. I don't think one of Shane Black's uh, best films. I'm a big Shane Black fan, so I judge him to a really high standard that's basically kept at the top by uh, the what last boy scout. Now, the last boy scout for me every time is his pinnacle. Oh. But uh, this is the uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe one, in which they are a reluctant sort of buddy team up investigative team, uh, basically trying to solve a case in the height of Hollywood
0: 1970.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. I think one of them is a stuntman,
0: isn't he? No, I think that isn't that. Brad Pitt and.
1: Am I getting that confused? What's of Hollywood? This is yeah. t- this entirely too much 70s Hollywood going on. <laughs> including wonderfully nostalgic throwback tough guy scenes like this. evening. What can I get you? Information. You seen this girl? She probably came in in the last half hour. Nate, hey, mind just work here. You yeah, know, Sherlock, that's why I'm asking you. Mm, memory gets a little foggy, you know? What's in it for me?
0: will stop doing it. <laughs> doing what? Ow!
1: That. Oh, we can do this the easy way. Or we can... We're currently doing it the easy okay, way. Okay, Jesus. The penthouse. It's in the penthouse. Top floor. Are you happy? Yeah.
0: Did you come to the screening for this when it first came out? Do you no, I think
1: it? I saw this one. I think I saw this one. When I was at home when I was at home one weekend. Oh, okay. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't go nuts for it like a lot of other people did when it came out. I remember feeling very let down by it. Ah. Oh. Uh, but I, 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 something I do want to revisit because people seem to really have taken to this a lot more in hindsight yeah. than they did when it was on general release.
0: Yeah, I really loved it. Like so, partly because at my screening, the multimedia I went to, uh, Russell Crowe showed up and was so. Oh wow, i will do it for such, you. He was such an Aussie bloke about it all, and it was brilliant. And I was like, come on, they're going to bring Ryan Gosling out as well. They got, they've got it, but unfortunately, they didn't. But um, this for me, I was, I really enjoyed it. I thought it looked sumptuous. The 70s looked amazing. The pool parties, LA, Hollywood, you know, this kind of stuff was really worked for me. And I genuinely thought Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling made a great comedy duo. It was funnier than you expected. And they work together really well. So I was actually quite disappointed to not see a follow-up to this. I thought that was. Would- I
1: mean, I don't know about uh, funnier than expected, because, I mean, just the presence of Shane Black does associate with it that there is an in- innate level of darkly cynical, uh, you know, macabre humour that's, that's doubtless going to be introduced into the mix as well.
0: The comedy side of it, like, I know you're a massive Shane Black fan, and I kind of, you know, I get it, I get it. And, and for me, it was as much as it was in the writing and and everything, but the the performance between the two of them, I do feel, I just felt surprised to kind of, I, I was, maybe I was expecting a more serious kind of buddy film than what it was. And then suddenly I was just laughing. I was belly laughing.
1: It's quite a slapstick, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's quite a slapstick one. I would say, in fact, out of out of out of all of Shane Black's films, maybe it is the most outright slapstick because he he seems to start up with that on the films that he himself directs rather than the one he writes. So from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man three, uh, you know, Nice Guys, even the Predator later on. Uh, his Predator reboot—they all do sort of become a bit more slapstick and silly. But you know what, Chain Black fan, and you've not seen it—you can see for yourself uh, Monday night on Film Four at 9 p.m. So that's a, a pretty, you know, varied weekend for you. Fantastic Beast, Crimes of Grindelwald, Saturday afternoon ITV Two at 8pm, one for the whole family you'd say Bex?
0: Slightly older family I think <laughs> Slightly older family, okay
1: uh, one, one to watch with your dad or at least on yes. remote viewing with your dad yeah. uh, on Sunday afternoon uh, BBC 2 1pm, Steve McQueen in Le Mans from 1971 and Monday night uh, Shane Black movie to sink your teeth into It's The Nice Guys on Film 4 at 9pm, we'll be back after The Jump with the rest of your films on preview for the week Looking to stay in the loop with the latest movie news? Then say hello to The Daily Reel, your bite-sized hit of the biggest happenings, hirings, firings, release dates, scandals, and everything else going on behind the silver screen. Delivered to your ears every weekday morning in less time than you'll spend in the shower. Subscribe to The Daily Reel on all major podcast platforms or ask Alexa to install The Daily Reel skill for your morning flash briefing. Make your morning cinematic with The Daily Reel.
0: Welcome back to Offscreen. We are staying cinematic on your couch. We've been running through your seven-day guide to everything that's available on Freeview. We've had Fantastic Beasts. We've had a bit of Steve McQueen. We've even had a duo in Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. But now we're getting serious. Because we're talking about Alan Turing, um, and we're talking about it from what I remember to be kind of the the big thing that everyone thought. Oh, here we go! It's Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, move into Oscar territory here with *The Imitation Game* on film four at six forty-five on Tuesday. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, this is um, Alan Turing, the story of Alan Turing, who was a British mathematician. He joins the, I crit- uh, can never say this, cryptography team to decipher the German Enigma code. And with his fellow mathematicians, essentially builds an incredible machine which helps to decipher everything. Please, I, the
1: Germans, they won't get suspicious just because we stopped one attack. No one will know. I'm asking you, as your friend, please. I'm so sorry. Not God, Ireland. You don't get to decide who lives and who dies. Yes, we do. Why? Because no one else can. So of course, you know, from the clip, obviously there's the there's the moral element of what he's doing as well. There's you know how much can how much can one person be entrusted with the fate of so many people, etc. When it came out, I think it's a very very good film. I think it's Morton Tilden uh, uh, Yes. Um, as well went on to do Passengers with uh, Jennifer Lo- uh, Lawrence and, and, and Chris Pratt which was a much more problematic movie than this. Uh, this movie if anything you know, could actually be nastier in terms of just how cold and brutal it uh, shows the treatment of its subject. But this is one of those films that you, you knew from the minute it was announced that Cumberbatch was doing it you knew exactly what film to expect what yeah. performance you were going to get and what calibre of film was going to be delivered and we very much get that I would say it's not a film that disappoints in any way. It absolutely meets that expectation, will exceed in a lot of cases. I think it's a very good movie. Um worth a watch whenever it's on, I think.
0: Yeah, and look, it's got a great British cast in there. Obviously, old Keira's in it, of course, because it's a British oh, film and it's in it's in a different time frame. Um right. but nothing okay. <laughs> good, goods, from, Matthew good's from... in it. Um also Alan Leach is in this from Downton as well. And yes. also yes. yes. And also Mark Strong as well. So look, you know, you're getting the cream of the crop here and I just think it's a fascinating story a bit like the dig in a way like there's you're learning something about history and if that's kind of what you're interested in and you didn't know much about the enigma machine which you might have heard in passing this is a great way to kind of discover the the whole sort of like what happened at Bletchley, and you know, and how all of these mathematicians came together.
1: Let's, let's not pretend for one second that at least one of us did not hear about the Enigma code for the first time until the 1999 movie U five seven one, starring Matthew McConaughey and John Bon Jovi. Okay. I have
0: no so idea. I, I have no idea what there. you're talking about. No idea what you're talking about. No, nothing uh, nothing <laughs> about <that. laughs> <laughs> so that is The invitation. Game is on Tuesday Film for 6.45 um, I'm still waiting to see Bam, which movies you really don't like on my list because so far I think we're okay
1: oh, we were, on, we're on shaky ground now Betts, I'm not going to lie so Wednesday 11.15pm on 5 Star you've picked the start of a trilogy that I've just never gotten on with starring this up and coming you know new fresh face saviour of British cinema in the making who again I've never really liked I'm talking of course about Noel Clark um, and the movie the of course, yes and of course the movie is Kidult which then gave rise to was it adulthood and then brotherhood I think with yeah. the trilogy but having said that I understand that I'm not necessarily the demographic please do tell me
0: M- maybe, maybe, Van, you're just too middle class for this, is what I think. That's
1: what it is. Maybe that's what it is.
0: <laughs> okay, so Kid adulthood, a I... dork. Can
1: you just say a dork. Can you say old dork. Yeah,
0: that's an fine. old dork. Fine. So, as you alluded to, yeah, Kid adulthood is the first of a series of British uh, drama films. It, it captured, I suppose, the imagination of a, of a younger nation, right? Before social media kicked off and we had influences and stuff, and, and people could really kind oh, of. God,
1: I forget that about it. Yeah, it really yeah. is before social networks, isn't it?
0: Exactly. So it follows the lives of several teenagers who lived in Labrook Grove and kind of the Latimer Road area of inner West London. And it's it's not an easy life. And these guys are, you know, it, it's gritty. It's it, it's hard hard to watch. It's kind of showing you what happens like with teenage relationships at the time, shows you what happens in terms of getting involved in gangs, all this stuff that I think at the turning point and which is why I think it got such recognition is that at the time in which it happened, it was quite shocking and it was, uh, you know, you, it's it's talking about stuff that you'd only maybe hear in passing on the news and it's giving that a cinematic light. So yes, it catapulted both um, Noel Clarke but also Jason Mazza as well in this and and they've gone on to make Great British TV and also films within the same vein of this kind of thread of stuff. Oh, what, what?
1: I mean, I was I was just going to stress that putting the word "great" before a lot of the things that Noel Clark has made might be a bit. I j- like James. it.
0: I, I like the stuff because just I, a touch. I, I like it. This is not one for you. Do not say that here at off screen we don't give you variety, right? It's Over- very true.
1: I'm just going to point out. I'm just going to point out. In, during the making and during the promotion of Star Trek Into Darkness in, I think, 2012 or thereabouts, uh, Noel Clark famously said that uh, he could make 100 movies for what they, ma- what, what they paid for this Star Trek one. And he said this whilst promoting it, which my immediate response is always, yes, but nobody wants to see one Noel Clark movie, let alone 100 of them. So please keep them to yourself, Noel.
0: Van, just... you don't want to see a Noel Clark movie. What was that, okay.
1: Storage 47, something like that? That was okay. his, his sci-fi Edgar Wright knockoff thing? Ooh.
0: I would say with Noel Clark and actually everyone that's part of this, so they almost, it's like a crew, a, a family of, of, of actors and crew members and production staff that, that made all these three movies. They are, it's almost like documentary in a way, because actually they're, they're talking about their lives and they have not had a hand into this industry it's been pretty tough for them and they've triumphed over that and I'm like all power to that so it might not be the most shiny glossy well-written movie but it has got a lot of grit to it a lot of heart and you know it's a different world to your dorky world so be (laughs) open to it (laughs)
1: that's fair
0: So if you are open to dorkiness, I would say it's on 5 Star, 11.15pm, and have a look at what happens in inner-city London. That's all.
1: All right, well, let's see what happens in, is it 2063 Tokyo, I think, in uh, Pacific Rim: Uprising, which you have diligently chosen for uh, film for Thursday night, film for 9 p.m. Um, this one, this this wounds me personally. This film because I, I'm such a big fan of of the first Pacific Rim. To see this sequel, uh, it, it broke me personally. Uh,
0: yeah, wasn't I wasn't a massive fan.
1: Yeah, it's so much more aimed at children, I think. Aimed at younger audiences than the first one was. The first one was aimed at teenagers. The second one is aimed at children. And that's a hell of a slip. Uh, This one stars John Boyega as the son of the late, great uh, Marshall Stacker Pentecost played by Idris Elba in the first movie. Uh, He has something of a uh, a, a, a homoerotically charged, will they, won't they relationship with with Scott Eastwood, who's the Iceman to his Maverick in the Jaeger Corps. This is something like 10 10 years on, I think, from the first movie, but everyone seems to be about 10 years on from
0: that that incredible um, almost like any given sunday-esque uh, speech that idris gives in the first movie exactly
1: but that's the thing that is such a moment of the first movie that when it comes time to lead the charge and fight the returning creatures from the rift uh, it comes down to our new hero the son of the old hero to deliver a heroic speech in the style of a hero just like his hero dad did the first time around when he was the hero my dad was hey probably give you a big speech make you feel invincible I'm not my father. I'm not a hero like he was. Like Riley Beckett and Mako Mori. But they didn't start out that way. They started out as cadets, just like you. We remember them as giants because they stood tall, because they stood together. It doesn't matter who your parents are, where you came from, who believed in you and who didn't. We are a family now, and we are Earth's last defense. This is our time. This is our chance to make a difference. Now let's mount up and
0: get it done. Do you understand? Yes, sir! Jaeger pilots, do you understand? Yes, sir! Do you understand? Yes, sir! sir! Now help me save the world. Let's do this.
1: Monologues, baby, monologues. <laughs> oh my
0: god, your use of the word hero in so many different ways is. is probably... Well, you know,
1: it's, it's a very moving moment.
0: Well, yeah, but also, yeah, this film, like again, I found on on Thursday, it's kind of the best of the bad bunch with this. So we're just going to leave it yeah. there. If you want to see what the sequel is, Pacific Rim Uprising is available for you for film for 9 p.m.
1: Genuine question though, do you think Pacific Rim Uprising is better than Independence Day Resurgence?
0: well i haven't seen independence day resurgence because i'm not stupid why would Have you, you
1: watch not oh, that? okay I'm, I'm i'm very curious what what people would say in the, if given the sort of gun to head choice between those two movies so i will go with pacific rim every time
0: well i was going to say i'm pretty sure you told me to never ever waste my time on that independence day sequel <laughs> okay let's finish off your week with a absolutely brilliant friday night and i say this and van's jaw will drop when i say this because He's he doesn't get it but I do remember he's a dork. I'm not uh, pain and gain is on film four, 11 PM on Friday night. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I did mention this to Van earlier and he was like, what the hell do you mean? It's one of your favorite movies of all time. This is a movie that takes the mick out of itself. So brilliantly, it stars Mark Wahlberg, um, Dwayne, the rock Johnson and Anthony Mackie. And they are three knuckleheaded, pumped bodybuilder kind of friends who, um, Love nothing in, I think it's in Miami, love nothing more than to just get some weights going and pump up their muscles. And essentially what happens is, is that it all goes wrong when one of the, when well, when they kidnap a wealthy businessman with the ex- intention of extorting money, but it completely backfires. And because they're so damn stupid, it gets worse and worse and worse. And we have to keep being reminded that this was a true story. Hey, is that breast milk? That breast milk.
1: Why would that be breast milk?
0: Because this is, listen, you take this, you put it in there and you got the real HGH. I'm talking about a steroid shake. I got this pregnant chick I buy it from. She real clean too. No. No, 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 for real. She just got a test and everything. Oh my, you ever suck a pregnant woman? Oh my God, this is so good. Come on, try some. It'll make you great, man. You already big, but you could be big up. You know, I'm big.
1: I'm gonna be swole though. Walk sideways through doors. You want know some? We can be brothers. So it is one of those sort of Stranger than fiction kind of stories Isn't it But uh, this was Michael Bay Trying to do like A smaller more intimate film And then you saw the trailer for it And you're like Wait this is his small intimate film This (laughs) is absurd I can't wait Now to be fair The film did not disappoint It did deliver A Michael Bay version Of a small intimate film I gotta give it that and it's about as Michael Bay-ish as you'd expect a Michael Bay version of a small intimate film would possibly be I don't know what he thinks the word small or the word intimate means but you know what I can honestly say there is no other film like Pain and Gain
0: there really isn't. And that's why I love it so much. Like I literally was like jaw dropped. And I remember my husband and I went to watch it. We absolutely wet ourselves laughing at this. And then we said to my best friend, we said, you know what? Come to the cinema with us. We're going to watch it again. And she found it absolutely hysterical as well. I think what it does is it just has three perfectly cast actors mm. in this, playing absolute knuckleheads. And it is a Michael Bay movie. That's all you need to know. And just enjoy it for what it is.
1: That's it as well. Like you say about the three actors, they commit to the bit as well. Like they're all in on how absurd this is. And also it's quite an experimental film in terms of how it's presented, how it's staged. It's quite, you know, quite pulp and quite a video game almost about it.
0: Absolutely. The pulp aspect of it is something that I Mm. I love in movies anyway. And this just, yeah, it just appeals to me on all levels. You know what?
1: You've you've sold me perfect. I'm going to (laughs) give... Pain and Gain, another try. I, I don't know how I'm ever going to look Mark Kermode in the eye again, but I'm going to give uh, Pain and Gain another try based on You've Talked Me Round, Miss. So that's going to be, when's that? That's on uh, a Friday night, film 4, 11 p.m., sold to Miss Rebecca Perfect. I will be watching Pain and Gain. And we're back for one last ride off screen, and we're taking you to DVD and Blu-ray because, well, there's not really anything on streaming uh, this coming week. I mean, we've got The Dig, obviously, is available on Netflix from today, and uh, there's obviously you know, a host of classic movies out there. Speaking of, because obviously we've not got much in streaming to talk about, Backs, have you seen the uh, the, f- the first ads are out for the uh, Disney Plus Star uh, channel that they're I here. have,
0: yeah. you adult
1: more more adult centric content for Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you know, I am a Disney Plus subscriber, but I haven't really mm. used it that much. You know, I'll dip into it if I fancy watching. Same, yeah. I, I'm excited if it's got more of a, an adult channel to it. Then definitely, I think I'm up for giving that a whirl.
1: Well, Disney Plus is just kind of a babysitting aid for me. Like it only goes on yeah. when when I got my nephew round, and and it's always like, can can I put the cash cash on? Uh, which presumably means any film from the Cars trilogy. I can't Gosh. stand the Cars trilogy. No. I really hate. Do you know? I will watch any Pixar movie. Like I, I don't have an awful lot of time for like I don't know Ratatouille. I guess I need to give that another try at some point, and maybe A Bug's Life. But I have no time for Cars. Karsh is, no, don't don't like Karsh at all. Um, so let's talk about what's on DVD and Blu-ray then. This coming Monday, uh, the, from the, the 1st of February, I can't believe it's the 1st of February already this was a movie that I watched I think pretty much the week that we went into lockdown. <clears throat> I went to a, a, an early press show for it. Week we went to lockdown, it was meant to be about three weeks to a month away at that point. It came out in time for Halloween and it's now arriving on DVD and Blu-ray. It is of course St. Maud. Did you have the pleasure of this one? I
0: haven't but i did hear good things about this and i just haven't got round to watching it yet that's that's the bottom line of it
1: this has turned up on a lot of uh best of the year lists uh, in 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 the past month you know obviously as we uh, we've come into january this turned up turned up in a lot of people's roundups the best of the year uh this was i think the first film by writer director rose glass who i think is scottish Think might be Scottish. Morford Clark in the lead. It's very much like an exorcist kind of kind of tale, like an exorcist mixed with an almost '90s female-driven suburban psycho thriller, like a single white female thing meets the exorcist, mm. with played with this sort of gothic British horror angle. It's really something like you've not seen anything like this. There is vivid imagery to this that you just will knock you for six. You've never seen anything quite like it. A lot will haunt you and stick with you. You know, what I've, what got
0: I mean? I've got to be honest fan i'm not very good with films like that that stick with you like the <laughs> i haven't watched the exorcist until, like since the very first time i watched it when i was way way too young to watch it and i've just not watched it again um,
1: oh, I I make it a habit to revisit The Exorcist only every time they release another version. So every two or three years, it's like Blade Runner. If you just watch it again whenever they release a new version, then you can usually uh, you usually stay pretty well topped up.
0: Yeah, it's just not my bag. It's just it just things like that that got too vivid an imagery. Just it, you're <laughs> right. It, it doesn't just haunt me for the next week or so. I can't sleep for at least a month. So I and I need my sleep right now. So. <laughs>
1: That's fair, that's fair. I I know what will put put you to sleep gently is uh, a a trip to the most nostalgic of musical wonderlands. Uh, Echo in the Canyon is out on DVD and Blu-ray this week as well. This week, I think we reviewed this maybe... Three or four months ago, I want to say. It is a, a a musical retrospective documentary about life in Laurel Canyon in the late 60s, at a time when the residents of all these houses just inexplicably just turned out to be all famous musicians who wanted a place that was isolated enough that they could be amongst sort of their creative peers, but also that was relatively close to like Hollywood and the music industry, for instance. Then this wound up becoming Laurel Canyon. It was home to like the Mamas and the Papas and the Beatles and you know David Crosby and people. It was it was an insane time. Like Simon and Garfunkel will have been there for a period, and you know, just that that time when anybody was anybody. And the way that it would work was they would all just hang out all day and drop acid, and and it was just this incredible time, as you'll hear here. To be that close to the sunset strip. And yet you had a feel that you were in the country. It's beautiful. Everything turned. turned, turned. There is a season turn Canyon. It's like an open ticket to a studio, to a record, to everything. That's an incredible environment for a musician to be in. I fell in love with it. All the bands you think of is that California sound. Buffalo Springfield. My name is Neil Young. The Beach Boys. Hi, Brian Wilson. The Mamas and Papas. The Birds. They were all there. This kind of thing could only happen in Laurel Canyon. So really powered by that almost Forrest Gumpian soundtrack, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean... Look, it sounds. I I can't remember. I was just thinking, have we? Did we? Did you review this with me? Um, Because I don't. I I must have
1: done. I I seem to remember doing it.
0: Yeah, it sounds lovely, but it does sound like something that might just send me a bit to sleep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And It's, it's
1: one of those. It's like having a nice, thick woolen blanket wrapped around you on a cold autumnal night.
0: Yeah, I think what's what's funny is is actually you've given us all a selection of one thing that's very much going to keep you awake, and one thing that might just send you to sleep. So <laughs> you've got the best of both I'm guys. all
1: about the variety, you know me.
0: exactly um both good choices though you're big fans of both which is fantastic so like you say the variety something for everyone i think there's something for everyone across all of the things that we've got this week um there's a lot of education and learning i think this week as well there's the dig and there's um, the imitation Mm -hmm. game uh but also we've got some stuff for the family and also for anyone that wants to know what's going on in in inner city london and that's definitely not van
1: You know what it is? You know what it is? It's because the BBC's got the monopoly going on this. Everyone's getting educational content uh, through Freeview. We're all about that. Let's give you educational content through cinematic pleasure. That's, nice. that's our, our. Going to next week, though, very different uh, different bag entirely next week. Uh, so, Malcolm and Marie is going to be our big uh, league review next week. That stars Zendaya and Lakeith Stanfield and just looks like a, kind of a sexy romance tale, doesn't it?
0: yeah it does it's filmed in black and white it was filmed during the pandemic so so during not lockdown per se they were able to obviously film covid secure but it's very it's very intimate very handheld very sort of you know very oscar baity isn't it like this is this is like Zendaya she won an Emmy recently for Euphoria and now she's stepping up to the big guns here I think this might be a big one to watch for um, just from what I've seen so far for, for awards season
1: excellent and and uh, also out next week as well and I got the pleasure of uh, seeing this at the London Film Festival I don't know if you did as well but no. uh, this is the Mans Mikkelsen led ensemble dramedy another round in which a group of school teachers decide to explore the theory that the human body is meant to be. Be kept above a certain level of alcohol uh, content at all times. Uh, leading, of course, to personal discoveries and strifes, uh, and also probably the first ever wine-drunk anthem. Nice. There's that to look forward to. I will unveil what that anthem is next week off screen. So we've got those to look forward to. Those are both going to be available on streaming as well. Uh, this week, don't forget our two big releases for this week, Synchronic, that's available on digital on your Apple stores, your uh, your Amazon stores, your Google stores, etc., Sky stores, whatever, you, whatever digital repository you use. And The Dig uh, is out on Netflix from today, which is Friday the uh, the 29th. Um, next week, Malcolm Murray, Marie, that's going to be Netflix. Another round, I think it's just going to be digital. That's going to be an all-stores uh, release as well.
0: Brilliant. So there we go. But for this week, you've got lots and lots that you can keep yourself entertained with, even if you are just... It's currently clambering up your four walls like most of us are doing. So don't worry, we've got you covered. But for now, and until next week, I've been Bex Perfect.
1: I've been Van Conner, and we shall return.